This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. Now, what is this a podcast of? It's a podcast of happiness and wellness and amazing stories and stories that encourage you to be a better person. Stories that say, you be you. And with that being said, I have a wonderful guest today that I personally know because it's always nice to have your own podcast. You could have awesome people come here to be role models. And we have a cool topic today. So I'm like super excited to introduce this person. But of course, what's the pattern? We got to do the bio first and then you can meet this wonderful person. So today, my guest is going to be Eva Kondaker, a recent medical graduate from the University of Medicine and Health Sciences, where she graduated with the highest honors. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Alberta, majoring in the biological sciences and a minor in the classics. So Eva has over 10 years of medical and broadcasting experience. Her experience ranges from appearing on some local news channels to international TV networks, such as ATN. That's not acute tubular necrosis. Sorry, I had to do a little medical <laughs> bad humor in there. That's the Asian television network. Eva was crowned Miss Canada Galaxy International in 2007, Miss Alberta in 2007, Miss Supermodel South Asia 2006. She also went on to represent Canada on an international platform and placed first runner-up and was also awarded Best in Swimsuit and Interview. She has also had the privilege of being awarded first runner-up in Miss India, Canada, 2007, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In the past, Eva has been an ambassador for various nonprofit organizations, such as the Canadian Red Cross and the Cross Cancer Institute, just to name a few. She has helped raise awareness and funded for research. Eva is also a published co-author of Mythical Ethics and Biostatistics textbooks, specifically for students preparing for the USMLE. Recently, Eva has joined Inside the Boards as a podcast host, tutor, question writer, and head of social media. Um, in her personal life, she is trained in classical Indian dance. She loves going to the gym and all things sci-fi. We'll see about that. You're talking to Mr. Sci-Fi right here, so we'll, we'll put her on the spot. Um, in her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her dog, son, Quincy. She loves to go for hikes, play fetch with Quincy, and currently she's preparing for the 
2023 match cycle. And with that being said, Eva, how are you doing today? Well, Dr. Raj, thank you for that long introduction. I, I love the fact that you took the time to, you know, list out all the things that I've done in the past. And LOL at ATN. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was gonna go off script, you know, and I can't resist. You know, you yeah. know, one thing that we have in common is that we share this passion for medicine. And of course, I'm reading it like I don't know what you're doing. You know, we've done dorky medical podcasts in the past, and I just really love your personality because you are what I think about UBU, and I think that's your best quality beyond other things. But, you know, when we're not doing dorky medicine, I sometimes socialize with you, and I hear little things about your past. I always have to be like, are you just messing with me? Like, you're really <laughs> a beauty queen. You did these things. And I just thought it would be interesting because we kind of have the same background. We're both brown. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I wanted to hear how you did these things. Is that cool? Can we do that? Of course. And you know what? Thank you so much for having me on here, Dr. Raj. Like you, you're such an amazing mentor to me. You're such an, like, you're such a talent, you're a powerhouse. <laughs> and to be able to even like learn from you, it's a privilege. So thank you for taking the time to even talk to me and interview me. Like I'm, I'm over the moon right now. <laughs> All right. So let, you know, let's go back to our roots. Okay, here we go. So you grew up, you were born in Bangladesh. So you know, for my listeners, I mean, not everyone has international experience like you. What is it like growing up there? Do you still have friends there? Do you have nightmares from there? What is your experience <laughs> like there? Well, you know, uh, growing up in Bangladesh was, it was a special experience. It's a hard life. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it, you know, there were so many changes that I had to adjust to when I did move to the United States and then eventually Canada. So it was a culture shock. Life is different there, obviously. I do have friends there. A uh, lot of friends that have, you know, we kind of stay in touch with here and there, but I am privileged to be able to experience a life that taught me how to work hard, to persevere, how to have stamina and be able to bring that aspect of who I was growing up there to, you know, the developing world like Canada or the United States. So yeah, like, and, and you know, I, what I loved about growing up in Bangladesh was obviously being able to see the sceneries there. There's just, you know, Bangladesh is known for being having one of the biggest coral reefs in the world, which is like uh, in Cox Bazaar, which is close to where I grew up. So it's been an experience and I'm, I'm, I'm very honored and privileged to have had that past. So is it such, is it rooted in you to the point that I know you're getting married? I think it's going to be married next June. Is part of the wedding going to be in Bangladesh? And <laughs> is your husband soon to be going to be riding it on the elephant or, tiger or something like that? Or not really? Uh, no, I don't think so. I love my culture. I love everything about it. I love, you know, the food is just amazing. We're going to bring a lot of that aspect to our wedding here in Canada. My fiance um, is actually not... Bengali or, you know, Bangladeshi at all. So he is Middle Eastern. So this is going to be a very amazing experience for him because he, he's never really seen South Asian culture like that, except for Bollywood. So, you know, <laughs> Bollywood's in India, but like, you know, it's a big, big thing. <laughs> no, totally, totally. So he's like, he's like, do I get to like wear clothes like that? Are you going to look like that? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got I got to tell you, I, I just yeah. finished watching an episode of, uh, I can't believe I'm telling you this on the on my podcast of Indian Matchmaker. I, oh, I hope yeah. he gets a chance to, to do some kind of dancing routine because the one thing I could have added to my wedding is maybe a little Bollywood dancing, just 
Yeah. It's so, it looks so fun doing it. Is, is he going to get oh to do a, a routine in the wedding or no? Yeah, of course. It's so much fun. It's kind of like Grease. You know, like that. Remember back in the day, like yeah. all those musical shows were a big hit. It's mm. kind of like that. You know, it's art imitating life. You know, uh, these Bollywood movies are just a celebration of love. And it's a celebration of families coming together, which is what our weddings are supposed to be. So, um you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And like 90% of my family is already in the United States. So it's just easier to have them come to Canada versus going all the way to Bangladesh to a foreign land, which I'm not even really acquainted with anymore. So, um, you know, like a lot of my family will be coming from the United States. There's a couple that's going to be coming from Bangladesh, but you know, we've, we've really situated ourselves here and, um, I'm just looking forward to this like amalgamation of cultures coming together. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. So growing up, you know, I got to ask you this question, which is you've done so many amazing things. We're going to focus on these beauty pageants. That's the, that's the theme here. But what did you want to be growing up? And with that being said, for people who are born in a India, in a Sri Lanka, in a Bangladesh, there is that theme about, hey, there's only one thing to be, and that's doctor. <laughs> Our yeah. parents sometimes don't know how to be a doctor and why you're a doctor and what it goes through, but that's what they want you to be. Did you get the spiel? And how did that cascade into yeah. something completely opposite, which is beauty pageants? Yeah, I think, you know, medicine is one of those oldest professions in the world. It has always been celebrated and respected worldwide. Um, did I ever get that spiel? Yes and no. My parents always um, pushed me to follow my heart and follow my dreams. I, I've never really had my parents tell me, hey, you have to either be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer because, you know, you get that you get those three. Yeah. <laughs> now add IT to the mix. <laughs> You know, so my parents never said that to me. But what my parents always told me is like, listen, Eva, you're coming to this foreign land where we don't know much about. We want you to adapt to this country. We want you to really integrate yourself and take the best out of society and be the best role model you can be. So my parents kind of just put me out there and I had to figure this out. But with that, I also had a lot of identity crisis because here I was coming from a country where I grew up with a certain set of values and cultures and I'm coming to a country like Canada or the United States. And I really was like, whoa, where do I belong in this? There's so many things to choose from. I don't, I didn't even speak English at that time. Did I tell you that? When I first, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and you what? this is going to be the funniest thing. And I, and I like very few people know how I learned to speak English. Um, I did go to a school which taught us English in Bangladesh, but it's not as fluent. You don't enunciate the English words the way you would when you come to America, right? So I actually would watch <laughs> Days of Our Lives. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I used to watch soap operas when I was like eight years old. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I've never seen any shows like that. Like we have Bengali soap operas, but they're dramatic. They're different. But this was just very foreign to me. It was very new. And I was like, wow, I really like this. Instead of watching those kid cartoons that my parents wanted me to watch, right? That is so funny. And I'd <laughs> so be like, are you kind of like, wow, I go to America and I should have like two boyfriends and cheat on one of them because, hey, that's what Days of Our Lives is doing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
know. I was just like, wow, these people live like very lucrative lives. Like they're just so dramatic. They have so many things on the go. Like I just thought it was so cool. And you know, the storylines would constantly have twists and turns. So as soon as my parents would go to work, I would turn on Days of Our Lives and like, okay, let's see what little Timmy's up to. (laughs) And and it really helped me with my English. It's so weird, but it did, you know? That's cool. I love that. So with that being said, I'm not going to let you off the hook. How did you get into beauty pageants? When you you told your parents you're going to do a beauty pageant, did they lock you in the closet? You know, they just looked at me like, is this like a crisis that she's going through? Honestly, my parents, they're very conservative and I do come from a conservative culture. So they weren't very happy with the idea at first. I think where they started to understand that this was very beneficial and it had a positive uh, effect in my life was when they started to see uh, me getting scholarships. <laughs> um, Wait, to, be, to be in a beauty pageant? Yeah, you get scholarships. I got a car. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. A car that like a like a matchbox little toy car or like a real car? No, (laughs) not like an actual car. I my first car was a Toyota Echo that I won at one of these beauty pageants. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So so you get a lot of things, and this is what people don't understand about beauty pageants. Yeah. So how I kind of got into it to backtrack into your question. Yeah. So basically, um, I went to this one event like long, long time ago. And it, it's just like a parade, like a annual parade here in Canada. And I saw this girl like kind of just like waving at the crowd, sitting on her little beautiful throne. And people were looking at her. Yeah, she was doing that, <laughs> that, that famous wave, right? And um, I was like, wow, like she just looks so regal. Like, and then I asked my mom, like, mom, what does she do? My mom's like, I don't know. But she was chosen by the community to represent the community. And she have to do a lot of voluntary work to get to that level. So she's very important. So I was like, well, I want to be important just like her, you know? (laughs) So then I kind of would look into this stuff and I was like, no, you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm confident enough to get into something like that. It's funny because you think I'm an extroverted person, which I am. I'm very outgoing. Yeah. But I am so shy. Like when it, when it's in a big crowd of people, I get so shy. I get so nervous. I hate public speaking. So then I joined this modeling company just to see like what it was like, because this was a foreign land to me. And literally they saw me and they just were like, nope, yeah, you would be perfect for pageants. Like, let's push you in it. And how old were you, Eva? How old were you? I was 18 years old, like 17, 18 years old at that time. Gotcha. My first, first pageant I ever entered, it wasn't even really a pageant. It was more like a talent scout. It was the Miss Teen Edmonton pageant. Oh, Edmonton cool. Is like okay. the city that I was living in, in okay. Canada, Alberta. So I entered that and I, out of 300 applicants, I placed top 10. Nice. That yeah. People don't realize if you put 300 people in the room and start counting them out, that's a lot of people. That's like, I can't even do the math there. What's that? That's in the top like one percentile. Good for you. And I, I don't know yeah. why they chose me even till today, but it was basically a panel of judges that was comprised yep. of multiple different people, like police okay. officers, psychologists, yep. you know, mayor and so and so, like different dignitaries from different parts of our community that are very important, obviously. And they just kind of were like interviewing us and I was chosen as one of them. And that kind of opened up my first sort of look into pageantry. And, you know, growing up, if you look at the Indian culture, there are so many beautiful 
girls that have gone through pageantry. Like when I was growing up, I grew up watching people like Eshwarya Rai, you know, Lara. Oh, yeah, she, she won something huge. She's like yeah, the World. premier yeah. most beautiful person. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She was like on Times Magazine called yeah, yeah. Women in the World. And, you know, like I grew up looking at these things and I was like, you know, I never thought that I would ever be in that kind of a caliber, but I wanted to try. I just wanted to see what doors it would open for me. And oh my God, it like it brought me to medicine. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Is it a little addicting in the sense, the analogy? You now, many, many, many years ago, I got my first TV appearance. And right. after that first, you know, three, four minutes, it's like, I love it. I need to go back and do some more. So when you got the clapping, the ovation, you won whatever you won. Is it kind of like that motivation to do another one and then another one? Does it kind of feel like that or not really? You know, yeah, you get that dopamine rush, of course. <laughs> the dopamine <laughs> rush. Dude, throw it in there, girl. Throw yeah. it in there. No, it wasn't really that moment. That was okay. a very big moment for me when you win, obviously. But yeah. I think the moments that really resonated with me and that really touched me was more my community involvement. Oh, nice. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to sound all like altruistic or anything. Yeah, but yeah. okay. <laughs> It really did <laughs> because that's where I saw the real work happen. I get off on helping people. I really do. And, you know, when I can see that I can actually help change someone's life or even like make someone's day even better, I get so excited. Like, I feel like I have a purpose in life. Do you know what I mean? As a physician, that's what we do. We help be a positive influence in people's life. We can't always change the way they live, but we can try and help them make those decisions. And so that's how I felt in that moment. I was like, holy crap. And what was analogous <laughs> to that kind of work is obviously medicine as a physician. And this is where I was kind of pulled that way. But um, no, it was never like those winning moments. And I know a lot of girls, they do get addicted to pageants because they just, it's just like that feeling of just wanting to win, 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 right? Yeah, but yeah. That wasn't it for me. That's why I retired from pageantry a little bit early. You know, I won a few pageants. I, you know, I went, I was going as high as I could into the internationals. And then they wanted me to get into the bigger, bigger international pageants, which was the Miss World. Yeah. I was hoping for that at that time. And there was an opportunity to go back to university, put my money towards that and get an education and yeah. go into medicine eventually or continue on in this life and go into the media aspect or acting and all of that. I chose medicine and I gave yeah. up pageantry. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, your answer for the previous question was probably one of the best answers I heard in general. I mean, when I view it as an outsider, you know, I mean, part of being a doctor is being a teacher, being out there talking. So I always think about we all have that type A personality where we want awards and acknowledgement all the time. I, I'm a sucker for that, too. And I love that that didn't grab you. That makes you such a better person than many people. I'm glad that what did grab you was the fact that you're in a role to influence others versus dopamine rush that many of us <laughs> fall into. So yeah. I do want to acknowledge I was super listening and I, and I love that answer very much. So 
if anyone out there kind of wants to do this, you know, I want to know what are the requirements to enter one of these pageants? Now you got your training. What do you need to <laughs> have to see if it got what it takes? You know, honestly, people don't know this, but there's a lot of work that goes into preparing for these pageants. Now, when you get higher and higher up the scale, the preparation gets more and more intense. Okay. And what do you have to do? Well, if you're just starting off in a local pageant, just you, anyone can enter really. Um, there's not a specific requirement, but there is a requirement for age, I believe. Like okay. I'm no longer able to compete in a Miss pageant. I could probably do like a Ms. or a Mrs. event when I get married. But <laughs> <laughs> Marry me, no. But uh, I won't be a Miss anymore because I think the cutoff for that is at the age of 28. Um, okay. I'm not going to say my age here. Because you're my buddy. You yeah. know, you're forever 21, dude. Oh, yes, I love that. I'm forever 21, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, once you pass that, you're yep. no longer a miss. But okay. yeah, those are the requirements. And one of the requirements is that you be a good citizen. You, oh, okay. um, you know, like they do look at who you are as a person. A lot of the beauty queens that you see, like Miss Universe, Miss World, these are lawyers. These are doctors. They are like very well accomplished. You have to have that education behind you as well. And like they never not, say that. That's the thing I wish they would say more about. I mean, that's yeah. good to hear. I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah. And you know, this is where beauty pageants are taking a shift now. They're trying to show that these women are just more than just their physical attributes. If you look at the history of beauty pageants, it kind of started around World War. Um, I think World War II around that time. And it was to give women a platform to be able to foray into whatever field that they wanted to go into, whether it be the armed forces or politics or business, whatever they wanted to do, it gave them that voice. Now with social media and this whole like industry that we live in where we have access to media 24-7. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to go through that route. You don't, You can be your own advocate, which back in the day, women didn't have that, right? So things are slowly changing. But with that, pageantry is also changing, right? Everything yep. evolves over time. So pageantry, it, it gives women a network, women for each other, women that can help build confidence in one another, be able to give back to the community. So there are so many, so many great attributes to pageantry. And these girls, they prepare a lot. Like you have to know how to speak publicly very well. You have to be able to walk a certain way. Those hours on stage, it's daunting. Do you know how hard it is to w walk in stiletto heels? <laughs> um, the answer is no. That would be if I said yes, but no, I don't know. Yeah. And then you got to do twists and turns. And no. yeah, I know every, some people are listening like, girl, it's not that hard. But no, but it is. It's, you know, and you have to be at the top shape of your life. Like you have to work out. You have to look good. You have to be healthy. It's not just, it's just a pretty face. You have to be well-rounded and as physicians, we know that 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 can be challenging, like that life work balance. Oh, right? yeah. So this is what these girls do. They have balance in their life. I like that. Now, you kind of led to my next question, because uh, in general, I just wanted to know, and you could answer for yourself. How do you prepare for these pageants? I know you've been in so many. What are the core things you've done? So a lot of the work that I've done, um, actually, I shaved my hair once for one of the pat before. You mean I off? Like no yeah, hair? Yeah, like shave. Like, like me? Take a <laughs> you still have hair. 
<laughs> but like I literally like yeah went scalp shaved wow. my head for cancer like to raise money um because I was an ambassador for the Cross Cancer Institute nice my hair yeah right, to make wigs and things like that and to raise money for charity so I actually did that for one of my pageants and I actually won Miss Supermodel South Asia with a wig on because I didn't care yeah. like, whatever you know yeah. if it's gonna if it's for a good cause let's just do it right? yeah so this is how I prepare. I do a lot of volunteer work. I give back to my community and I get my community to support me. Aww. That fuels my passion, you know? So, um, yeah, like I just, I, I feel like that's how I mentally prepare. Um, I looked into pageant coaches in the past, but to be honest with you, when I was doing pageants, my family wasn't financially as stable, like just like many immigrant parents. Um, I had to work full time. Yep. And go to school and do all of this, you know, volunteer work. So a lot of what I used to do to prepare for these big pageants, because they cost a lot of money, like those gowns, they're like not cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would get try to get sponsorships. And, you know, the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry here in Alberta really did sponsor me for something. Wow, good for yeah, you. Yeah, there's, I got some great sponsors. My community has, was so, so helpful, you know, yeah. so I've been privileged in that sense. And, uh, you know, I would work to pay for these things. I would go work out. So there was a lot of preparation. I want to hear like you in the gym because I love your first answer because <laughs> that's the most important. So, I mean, uh -huh. when you're like, you know, those Rocky movies where they have the collage <laughs> or what's it called? Where they have the clips. Are you like running in the snow up the hill, carrying some logs? I mean, what are you, what are you doing physically? You know what? <laughs> I probably should have done that. But that's how I felt in my mind when I was running on the treadmill. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I'm like Rocky, you know, got to do 20 more. Um, but yeah, like I would work out, try to eat a certain balanced meal. Um, I was never like those girls, like, you know, that, you know, the Hollywood movies, they show you like, they don't eat anything but like salads. <laughs> never that. Never. I love food. Good for you. I, oh, yeah. I, awesome. You know, I'll eat yep. anything. <laughs> but yeah, it's just maintaining that balance, having a fit body and looking your best because you feel your best. Oh, well said. Now, let me throw you a curveball. I was now I'm just dying to throw this one out there. Okay. Um, I hope you've seen this movie. Have you watched Miss Congeniality? Oh, my God. Yes. So, I mean, Sandra Bullock, that movie, yeah. it's, it's a classic. The first one, at least, you know, yeah. is that in the beauty pageant realm? One of the landmark movies that you guys just cherish because it really is funny, but it had a good theme to it. Of course, I think that movie was so clever and it yeah. was done so well. And yes, I feel like all my pageant girlfriends, we always kind of like refer to that. And I know those memes go around like, what is your favorite? I think it was like, what was your favorite season? And she's like, it's April because it's <laughs> not too cold and it's not too hot. <laughs> no, and that's what was you know? to my next question, which is the questions they ask. Because I remember all those and it had that whole spiel of, if you don't know what to say, world peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, world peace. No. <laughs> so what, do you know the questions they're going to ask you beforehand? Is it off the cuff? And how do you prepare for them? Uh, absolutely not. You don't know the questions. But you know, some of the questions you can prepare for as in all the questions that they ask you are rhetorical questions. And a lot of the questions are just like when we were going into uh, medical school, you know, the MMI interviews or like those little interviews that you have with, you know, the medical directors and whatnot, um, or the dean is they're just like that. They're not going to ask you anything that is 
you know, gut-wrenching. Actually, you know, I take that back. Recently, they've been asking a lot of political questions on these big platforms like Miss Universe. Like, somebody asked one of the girls about COVID. And I was like, girl, like, yeah, I was like, uh, that's like, even like our prime minister, the president can't answer that question, right? So (laughs) there are some of them are hard, but these questions are catered to get a taste of who you are, to see your personality, how you think on the spot. It doesn't have to be like, absolutely perfect. You just want to try your best and just show them kind of like who you are. So how did I used to prepare for these? Literally, I would just talk to my mirror. (laughs) I would talk to my mirror. I would get my mom to like ask me a bunch of questions and it would just be back and forth, like having a conversation, just like I am with you right now. (laughs) And I would look at the mirror and I would say, hello, I'm Eva. (laughs) And I would just like talk to myself and just like see how I looked, how I sounded and I feel like this is how I would prepare. Just ask myself a lot of questions. I was very honest with who I was. And I just used my life experience. And I tried to answer those questions the best of my abilities. But those winning questions, those questions on stage, you never know what they're going to ask. Oh, boy. You got me into this now. I want to throw it back to medicine. I think that this is a great quality that you had and have to prepare for interview questions. You know, being on the opposite side of things, you know, sometimes you kind of, I'm listening or are you going to go to your generic answers? Are you going to go to the the world peace type answers? Absolutely not. And I I think that, uh, you know, sometimes, hey, we all like to help people as physicians. If you didn't want to help people, then you're definitely in the wrong position. But I like what you just said, Amy, I really look for just be yourself because I'm sure sometimes you feel judges have a a BS detector and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, yeah, they're going to detect that one. And it's the same thing here. And I know you're applying for residencies and take all your what you just said and carry it over to your residency interviews because they will help you. Yeah, you're so right, Dr. Raj. And, <laughs> and that's true. Like the people that are asking those questions, you have to understand they're like professionals in their field. And they know exactly a bullshitter. (laughs) Just, yeah, like you said, just be yourself. So, hey, let's go back to Bangladeshi, Indian roots, all that kind of stuff. So after you won titles, you're in the peak of you being you. Uh, What did your community, how did they react to winning the titles? You know what I mean? And we talked about this off stage, you know, that, hey, part of the competition is wearing a bathing suit. That's just the way it is. And I have two girls. I'm a dad, you know, I have a beautiful boy too, but you know, my daughter's wearing a bathing suit. People are like clapping and I hope it's more, (laughs) you know, but uh, how did your community react to that? Your parents react to that? You know, I'll be honest with you. There were mixed feelings about me in a, you know, bathing suit. Were people happy for me? Yes. A lot of people were very happy for me. A lot of people were very proud and honored that I was the first Bangladeshi Canadian girl to have an international title like Miss Canada Galaxy International or be able to go on an international level and represent my province or my country. So a lot of people were extremely proud and honored that this was happening for me. But there was a lot of people that kind of didn't like that idea. And they didn't like that idea because of my religious background and my culture. And they were just like, well, it's inappropriate to be wearing a bathing suit, despite everything that she's doing. 
And a lot of people get fixated on that aspect. Like, why are you showing your body? What does that have anything to do with it? Whether you have a religious background, like a religious, certain religious belief or not, some people get fixated on the idea that this is sexist to women, yeah. right? Yeah. And and I, I understand that. But this is also the part of, you know, our society where we need to welcome everything. Like, you know, we need to welcome people's differences because we live in a world where we have so many amazing and unique people instead of trying to get everybody to conform and to be a certain way we need to celebrate the differences now why am i talking about this when it comes to bathing suits well that's just it sometimes confidence and beauty is not just you know it, it can be conveyed in other ways being confident and having a good healthy lifestyle is what the swimsuit competition is supposed to represent as physicians we're constantly advocating you know, lower your sugar, workout. We're talking about exercise all the time, right? So if you're fit and you have a good body, it doesn't have to be a six pack and like, you know, you're muscular. It doesn't have to be that. But if you can be whatever shape you are, go out and flaunt it. That is not only good for your body, it's also good for you mentally. And it boosts your self-confidence. And that's what that round is trying to portray. It's trying to give encouragement to women to celebrate whatever shape and size we are. You know, I understand like a lot of the time you see these like perfect model looking girls, but if you start seeing different pageants and not every pageant is the same, right? So different pageants celebrate different types of body and body types. It's just to allow you to be confident in the skin that you're in. Yeah. So I did have some backlash from my community, but you know, over time, Now, everybody approaches me and I feel like it's always been positive because they're like, wow, you did so much and you're at this position where you're a physician now, you just graduated from med school, you're going into residency. Like, if this can do this much for you, you know, we're for it. So I feel like society is evolving now. And you're so right, because even let's just talk about us. You know, when I when I first met you, of course, you're on a platform that I believe in teaching board exam stuff. And when you just hear the one-liner, you know, you're in all these beauty pageants, I'm like, cool. You know what I mean? But now that I've got to know you and you explain things so well, it's more than just a beauty pageant because you're right. I mean, people tend to stereotype, I stereotype, and you just hear the word beauty pageant. Okay. It's a bathing suit. It's a trophy. It's type A personality, but there's so much more. And I love how you just kind of said that the way you kind of connected it to medicine yeah. and making you a better doctor i know i dig it's, it it's about but, celebrating your yeah. personal freedom you know women need yeah. to be however they want to be celebrate if they yeah. want to have not you know if they want to show every aspect of their skin power to them yeah i think this is why we're having we're seeing these civil right movements or not even just civil right human right movements throughout the world right like iran yeah iran throw it is out a there i'm gonna start right there i mean i i watched you know what's going on in iran with my wife and mm-hmm. you can't help but cry when you you yeah. see these women standing up for themselves and yeah, no, well, well, I don't know if you purposely did that in our conversation. <laughs> no, right exactly. There. Iran, like you said, it's a yeah. perfect example. You have to allow women to yeah. be who they are. If yeah. they want to dress without, you know, head covering or if they want to cover their head, it is their personal choice. Yeah. And this is what pageantry does. It gives women freedom to choose yeah. to be who they want to be. Now, I want to ask you one more question, but just, to, you know, I was watching, I think it was CNN last night, and there was a, you know, a woman who was older in age, you know, standing yeah. up for what was going on in Iran. And 
it just makes you cry. You know, even with all the stuff going on, people yelling at her, she, at her older age, when you see this, you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. I'm yeah. courageous like you when I get older, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I want to ask you this, is um, do you think pageants are, mm-hmm. are still relevant right now, today, in 2022? And why or why not? Of course they are. You know, a lot of people would argue against what I just said, but I think that they are just as relevant as they were. When you allow women to celebrate who they are, okay, you're going to see a better community, a better sense of uh, self-growth. You're going to see women just being able to be who they are. And this is what pageantry is about. You know, they're just as relevant as they were back in during when they first started till now. Things haven't really changed as much, right? Women are still not achieving just as equal rights as they should have, especially living in 2022, right? Nope. You're so 100% right. We're, we're not 100% full there. So yep. I feel like us women, we need to advocate for one another. And pageant trees, they do just that. They give you that platform, you know, whether it yeah. be to celebrate your physical beauty or to help you get into that feel that you want to go into, it will, it will give you an opportunity. And that is the most important thing. So yes, hundred percent, they're still relevant. I love it. And this is a good thought question right here. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, if there was a DeLorean time machine, like in Back <laughs> to the Future, <laughs> well, you said you were the sci-fi queen, so I'll, I'll yes. put you on the spot. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self, don't you worry, girl. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Little Bob Marley right there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's literally what I would tell myself because, you know, when I was going into medicine or even just like changing my careers, I was so nervous. I was so nervous even when I was on that stage. I was always questioning myself. I was always questioning myself if I'm doing the right thing you know, going against the grain, not listening to what other people are saying. I was, I was kind of, I felt like a leader. I felt like I was paving the road that was not even paved yet. <laughs> and, 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 and I felt like I was just kind of running in the dark towards something that I wanted. And I was so confused. I was scared. And I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know what, everything's going to be fine. You'll be great. Everything works out. It's hard at first, but believe in yourself. Stay on the path, no matter how hard it gets. Continue on, and you'll reap the benefits at the end one day. Ah, well, you know, as I only have a couple more questions left. I want to kind of throw these questions out of order. You know, we didn't get to talk much about the pageant itself. So, if you sure. could pick just one moment, what what was your favorite moment in one of the the beauty pageants that you won or didn't win? What would it be? Actually, it my moments were when I made connections with some of these women that I've competed with. Actually, I'm still friends with them till today. And a lot of these women, uh, you know, some of my, even my roommate, she went on to become an architect. She has two children and I'm still in touch with them. Another friend of mine uh, who ended up winning the Miss India Canada pageant that year, uh, Meher Pavri, she actually has just recently starred in a Netflix show called, I think it's called a wedding season. Awesome. Yeah, I, need, I need to catch that. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. I mean, we competed in pageants like what, 10, 15 years ago when we were young, but look at their life. Now they're all becoming such amazing women with their own careers. And they're sort of like 
all flourishing and thriving. And I'm just so blessed to have made, like to have these friends and have made these connections. So these were probably one of my greatest moments that I cherish forever. What would you tell a young girl? You know what I mean? I think this, I'm really excited about this. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I do have a wide variety of people listening to Dr. Raj podcast and I cherish all of them. But if there's a, you know, a young girl that's listening to you and they saw Miss Congeniality, they saw you, they saw whatever it is, and they want to be in a beauty pageant, what advice would you give? I would tell them that, first of all, welcome to an adventure of a lifetime. You are going to not only go on to win many titles, you're going to be celebrated, but take this moment to love yourself, to honor yourself and grow those networks, grow those friendships, because you are going to be completely a different person coming out of this. And it's only positives that you're going to take away. So enjoy the moment. Enjoy the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. And, you know, this is going to be my last question, but, you know, someone's going to super enjoy this podcast for so many reasons. If someone wants to learn more about you, how do they find you? Can you give some social media stuff? And of course, we're going to put this in the show notes, but just yell out a couple ways they can find you. Well, they can always uh, email me at eva at insidetheboards.com or my personal email, which is my last name, but without the R. So it's K-H-O-N-D-A-K-E at ualberta.ca. Or they can even find me on Instagram. (laughs) The only real big platform that I, you know, like a social media that I really use is my personal Instagram account, which is Dr. Evil. <laughs> like you know, from Austin Powers. I love it. <laughs> I am a dork, I know. <laughs> but it's basically Dr. E-V-A and then Al. Instead of evil, it's Eval, like Eva. Yeah. Well, I tried. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say this, it, that, that's kind of ironic because you are so far from evil. You are, I would say, this epitome of goodness. And the more I get to know you, the more I love it. And Let me just close off by saying that, you know, you are just as beautiful on the outside as you are on the inside. And I really enjoyed doing this podcast. And like I told you, me and you, we didn't need to practice because you're just awesome at this. And I I really think people are going to learn and enjoy it. So thank you, Eva, for being on the Dr. Raj podcast today. Oh, my God, Dr. Raj, thank you for everything that you do. And you're such an amazing person and you're an amazing teacher, mentor and doctor. You're the best. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening to the Dr. Raj podcast again this week. I hope you had a blast. As you can tell in my voice, I always have a blast. And hey, in two more weeks, we have another one coming up that hopefully will be another inspiring story. See you folks soon. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.